Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right now, we're going to take a break and get a little bit sciencey on a Friday morning. We are going to chat with Deborah Woodcock. Now, Deborah is um, a research scientist at Clark University. Deborah, thank you for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking me. So we're going to be talking about something that happened a very, very long time ago. 39 <laughs> million years ago, in fact, a volcanic right. eruption in Peru. Um, just, just set the scene for us. It, it sounds like this was a, a pretty massive event, right? Well, this was a long time ago. And to give you an idea, it was really before the Andes rose. So oh it's before the Andean mountain chain existed. And South America was in a little bit of, of a different position. It was a little uh, farther south. And it wasn't connected to North America at that time. So the, the land bridge through um, through Central America didn't exist. Oh. So, and it was also very much warmer at that time. So it basically we're talking almost uh, a different planet, really, right? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't go quite that far, but it was a little different. Things were a little different. Uh, what's interesting about the fossils is the fossils look, uh, in, in a lot of cases, a lot the same as the modern forest, as a lot of the modern forest trees in South America. So we can, we've identified uh, a lot of the fossil trees that are there, and they have close relatives in the modern forest. So, the, so some of the forests were pretty, pretty similar to today's forests. So when we talk about the situation, um, just tell us how how the volcano um, led to this massive, basically it's a petrified forest, right? What's the process involved there? Uh, Well, this was uh, the type of volcano that is explosive. So it put up, you know, uh, large quantities of ash and gas and, and so on. And the first thing that happened to the forest, and there was a forest nearby, so the first thing that happened to the forest was it got buried in about a meter of ash with one of these eruptions. Okay. And then imagine there was ash everywhere, all this loose ash everywhere. Then it rained, and, uh, and there were flows that came down from higher elevation. And this material moved through the forest. It broke off the trees, and it carried them you know, further down. And then there were, you know, there was more material deposited, and over, and it, it so the, the the wood got buried, the all the organic material got buried, and eventually, probably over thousands and maybe more years, um, you know, it's the same story as the, your petrified wood in Alberta, you know, minerals percolating through the sediments yeah. slowly changed the. Uh, the characteristics of the material, and it was, you know, it was slowly, slowly turned to stone, basically, uh, and preserved, and preserved for that reason. Okay, so now we know what happened. Um, to be blunt, what do we learn? <laughs> what can we learn by studying this petrified forest? Well, what what is really fascinating about this fossil? Every fossil forest, I think, is is of interest, uh, but with this fossil forest. 
is it's the first fossil forest from the tropics, it, from the New World tropics, okay. to be described. So we don't, like, you know, for instance, you know, I mean, you have a lot of record of Cretaceous vegetation in Alberta, right? For, because you have all, of, all the, the fabulous fossil wood there. Well, we don't have that kind of information for the tropics generally. And so this was one of this was one of the first assemblages like this to be described, and that makes it very interesting because we didn't know anything about the specifics of the vegetation at that time. I mean, we know the we know it was different from we know it was um, dominated by flowering plants. You know, the type of trees that are dominant today in most parts of the world, uh, but we didn't know much about the exact makeup of the forest. And once we found that out, it was very interesting because we know it was very, very warm on the earth at that time. So there were questions, you know, how, what kind of trees would have been able to survive these warm in these warm conditions. And you can sort of basically almost, in a sense, recreate what the forest would have been like 40 million years ago based on what you're seeing. You can sort of extrapolate and, and, and put together the biosphere, right? Well, yeah, because because the fossil wood is it's possible with the fossil wood to make in many cases to make identifications. So, we know specifically like what types of trees they were. And then we know like because you can match it up with the modern right. modern trees, you know, you know what types of environments they occur in and so on. So, so we have a lot of palm trees. And those only occur in the tropics, in the lowlands. So we knew it was, you know, there were a lot of indications that it was tropical forest, lowland tropical forest. Um, we had a mangrove, so that told us told us it was not too far from the ocean. Right. And we had a big diversity of. That was another thing that made it hard to study these woods, was there was so much diversity, like. Um, I think if you're talking about the Alberta fossil woods, maybe you have three or four types of trees that are there, as I understand it. But I, we we described like 30 types of trees. Wow! So that that's kind of involved to to sample the material and study it and describe it and do everything you need to do to find out really what to identify it and find out what it is. Deborah, one thing I found interesting in reading this report: there were no animal fossils found right you didn't you didn't find any mammals or reptiles or birds or anything like that well it's common with the fossil record the the types of environments that preserve plant fossils mm-hmm. are not always the same type of environments where you find vertebrates can instance. you extrapolate though based on the vegetation that was there what kind of animals might have been there uh we know from other fossil sites that um that there was a diversity of uh, of animals. I mean, we know the birds had diversified. We knew the reptiles were, di- you know, they'd been diverse since for hundreds of millions of years. Um, we know that there were monkeys because they've now found monkeys were uh, migrated from Africa to the New World, and but we but we know the monkeys were there by this time, and other little animals like. Um, Guinea pigs are <laughs> are an important group of animals in South America. The guinea pigs and the relative their relatives. 
and we know they were there because we have fossils of those animals, and that tells us they they are fruit eaters. So we know it was we knew on that basis that it was a diverse forest with a lot of you know, fruit bearing trees. Interesting. So all the all the little the, all the little pieces come together from different sources, you know, to give you a complete you know idea. Yeah, of almost like putting a puzzle together. What it was like. Yeah, it's always fascinating to deal with fossil material. Yeah, it sure is. Deborah, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. That is Deborah Woodcock, who is a research scientist at Clark University, telling about this discovery of a petrified forest in Peru.